Hello and welcome to Wake and Jake. Myself, King Biebs, we are back. It's baseball season in six weeks or so. Uh, although teams have reported a spring training, which is an emotion. Dodgers and Padres, BBD sharp on the Korea series draw. Mm. I thought the Dodgers were just being showy. I think well, I think that's why they got three days on on San Diego, but... The only reason I know about I knew that off the dome on talking baseball. If you guys haven't checked that out, check it out. Um, I saw a tweet about like when when will Brandon Woodruff get his deal? Yes, and it and then at this point it's a wait till your spring training begins and you can immediately sixty day him because the sixty day I oh. opens up when spring training begins. Brandon Woodruff could already almost be signed. We're not going to talk too much about B Wood. This episode, we will talk about the Super Bowl, because I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I took notes for a little bit, and then I faded off, um, partially because I was so locked in the game. I was, like, heart beating. It's one of the, um, it's where football in one game can be so powerful, uh, just because each play, and you overanalyze all of it, I mean, that punt uh, fumble recovery that kind of changed the whole tone of the game. Like, that goes off the inside of a rookie's foot. Like, if that rookie's just a foot to the side, that ball just bounces. And we never, it never happened. Uh, or a couple of the other big plays. So we'll get into that. Uh, did want to click you a little bit because it is baseball season. Everyone tweets that out uh, in some roundabout way. Uh, horribly rude to the NBA, but I guess that's. MLB and NBA is kind of a traditional beef. Yeah. Like, no one's really fighting with the NFL. They've won the war for now. Everyone's just like, we we don't have you beat NFL. MLB is kind of, you know, it's the local markets. NBA took the star power and the internet for yeah. a while. They, they more jockey with the NHL, I guess, just because their calendars exactly overlap. And NHL was never in that fight. Uh, yeah, now MLB. guys. But... Now MLB, though. Um, has been fighting back thanks to social media and just how big it is locally with all of them games. Um, for me, I don't know the. Uh, sorry, Jimmy just leaned his head against the mirror and it got me got me kind of good. Um, <laughs> the MLB season with spring training going. We still have the four big free agents that weren't the four biggest coming in. There was two other guys. Um, <clears throat> Otani signed with those Dodgers, like we talked about. Their bullpen was pretty cool, huh? I mean, our guy Glass now, my wedding date, hmm. unofficially. Yoshinobu, and I think Otani was flowing around, right? So that's a pretty cool, pretty cool scene uh, down in Arizona. We went to their spring training. Yeah, Some fun there. moments there. It's a cool facility. Bruce Dar Gratterall and Joe's friends. Dave Roberts and Joe's not friends. The white you think they're using the White Sox side? Like, ooh, other te- other teams <laughs> out here. I don't Extra know. Field. Peeing on it. <clears throat> um I think we stumbled into it a little bit at the end of two episodes ago, but there's still four impact free agents, guys that guys that coming into the offseason we said if this happens, it, it could potentially be a breaking episode. Like, 
this is I'll start off half rude to Matt Chapman. I think if he was the first big signing of free agency and we were thirsty and it was Matt Chapman six years for one fifteen. Yeah. I think like we would have ran the, up on a new team and I think we would have gone to the mics like, ooh, the San Francisco Giants. They're kicking off this free agency officially. That hasn't happened yet. Matt Chapman still a free agent. Uh Cody Bellinger, the other position player. Uh Always funny when you see the center field slash first base. That's a unique one. Um, coming a lot off of people fit that. Coming off of his great year, uh, and then the two lefties, Montgomery and Snell. Uh, it's this will be interesting in hindsight. You guys know I use the fan graphs, uh, the free agent tracker page a lot. I use roster resource for depth. It's a good website. If you're a baseball fan, go check it out. Uh, Cody Bellinger was was expected to be the high man of this group by Fangraph. Six years, 144. He's 28 years old. Everyone else is 31. So that, uh, that gives him three years of kind of peak money buffer. So that's important uh, when we think about these numbers. Snell and Monty were both projected for five years. Monty at 105. Snell for 125. We've done the... Um, the debate of Montgomery and his inning stability and what you think you're going to get against what could be Snell's price tag slash potential volatility, although he won the Cy Young. And then Matt Chapman has been an interesting one from the start. I think there was a, I think there was an early Wake and Jake episode where I really talked myself into him uh, just because of work ethic you know you're going to get defense. Like, you can pencil that in. I was comparing him to Marcus Simeon, which maybe I needed to walk that back a little bit. Uh, but he still has a lot of exit velo, and you'd like to think in the right lineup. And yeah. like, like, we know what the stats have been offensively, but he, is, he remains a threat. You know, he's, no. he's, never, he's never had a negative or an OPS plus under 100. So, like, for Matt Chapman in this conversation of, you know, who is he, what is he, a couple of his big se- his biggest seasons now are, like, pre-2020. So that's kind of tough. Uh, but 2022, he had a 116-plus OPS+. Plus. Like, if you're guaranteed at least a league average hitter with platinum glove level defense, and I think the potential for more in there, like, I don't know. Put put this guy in a strong lineup. I, I'd love to see. You know, maybe maybe him and Matt Olson as the one-two punch. I don't know if you can necessarily think of that as your second best hitter on the team, but if he was in one of these premier lineups in baseball hitting fifth or sixth, I, I think you can really talk yourself into some Matt Chapman, um, especially at the price tag. Uh, if he does land at that four for 80, what are do we have yeah. like any DraftKings favorites for these guys? Are are they not big the, enough? Let me see. You, it's just I'll like a, like we talked a little bit at the end of talking baseball, and we've mentioned it on this show how like you know Snell nailed his free agent timing, Bellinger nailed his free agent timing, Monty to a slightly I'd say one step below those two nailed his free agent timing, but I guess Chapman is the one among them that like. A shorter term deal, two or three years, opt outs, all that. Like, 
should be on the table, and that might bring more teams in. Like he's like obviously he he I think would much prefer he gets his five six year deal right now, but of the four, he's the one that I'm like eh, he could do two years opt out situation. So the odds on favorite for Snell is San Francisco. Okay. And I think these odds are from January 25th. It's what I could find quickly. I'm sorry. Mm. Since then, I believe they've traded DeScalfani. Yes. Or maybe it was previous to that. Um, I'm trying to remember when because he went to the, the Mariners trade happened. Yeah, I don't know why I labeled it that. Robbie Ray. Either way, Robbie Ray was before. <laughs> this was after Robbie Ray. After getting Ray, it has the ain't. Well, technically, it has any other team as the two. So that's where we're at. <laughs> uh, Angels three, Yankees still four, and then Orioles, Cubs, Phillies, Mets, Mariners, Blue Jays. Um. I guess I, in my head, I wanted to give some firm predictions. Nobody has anything. There's been so few real rumors. Like, like Monty, Snell. Texas, just because Trevor keeps talking about the TV, <clears throat> the TV money that they didn't know what that was going to look like for this year, that maybe that is the difference in Monty going back there where yeah. he was really good and everything seemed to make sense. He's the one of these that have had... He's had the most real rumors. Or belly in uh, the Cubs, too. Yeah. World Series champions historically also like keep their guys at a at a uh disproportionate rate. So I think they like want him back. He would love to be back. And they they've been waiting for them to at least be able to be involved with the TV stuff. Man. It looked like they were gonna be affected and then they specifically started looking better in that situation. I think the other team I want to say before we talk a little Super Bowl is, as I look at Matt, Matt Chapman's free agency, what is this website? Ontario Bets? Is this street legal gambling? Um, they still have the Jays in play, Giants, Cubs. Um, I guess where I've mentally landed on it, we as we've gone through the free agencies that have dragged out, there was the 2018 collusion year. Um, Lance Lynn, we looked at him. He was mid uh, mid March. Alex Cobb was late March. Uh, you know, a slightly different tiers than Cy Young winner Blake Snell and Monty, kind of peaking value wise. Uh, the other guys who I guess aren't the other side of the coin, Manny Machado and Bryce Harper, all these guys ended up signing with teams that you that weren't on the map, and that's probably why they're still free agents. Like I think we ran through it's Cobb, Baltimore, mm-hmm. one of their biggest free agent signings ever, probably. Lance Lynn to Minnesota feels weird in hindsight. Took a one year. Uh, and then Harper and Machado, I mean, think about that conversation at the time. The Padres, they, like, weren't on the radar. I mean, I, I guess, was that, like, the start of Seidler? I guess we'll, we'll do that for, that's the next Jolly Alla video. Hmm. Um, and then Harper to the Phillies, 
I, I'd have to check how much rumors and discourse were around that. I, I just know it. It wasn't traditional baseball. Everyone was kind of doing Yankees, Yankees or Dodgers or return. Right? He's Bryce Harper. The Nationals had spent money. Um, I don't know. I, I guess. For Cubs and Belly, if that doesn't happen, I think that would be a shocker at this point. For everybody else, everything's on the table. Like, the Monty-Texas thing makes sense, but Monty also makes sense for every team. Whether Remember we, we used to daydream about him and the Cardinals having a reunion because the Cardinals liked Monty so much, but they had to, they had to sell on him. Um, he's a reliable arm that literally every team needs, but his peak value... <laughs> I shouldn't say it's hurting his free agency, but his, uh, I don't know. I think a lot of a lot of teams wanted Jordan Montgomery coming into this offseason. Uh, he set a bar with his price tag that has a lot of them nervous. So, I don't know. I guess if I had to guess at this point, I would think, I don't want to say second-tier teams, but the Angels, who are they in on? Um, the Giants, I just, they traded for Robbie... Robbie Ray to add Snell as well. I don't know. I mean, they've been looking for their chips all in move. Uh, I would guess the team's currently off the radar, excluding a big injury. Like I know that's what Jimmy's been saying on Talking Baseball. Like, oh my God, if if a Yankee injury got reported tomorrow, the odds would be Blake Snell to the Yankees. I still partially want that. I don't believe in it. Um and those, I don't know, the Cubbies in Toronto, they're still floating around in my head a little bit, but Toronto has the pitching. So, another roundabout Ray, Ray Robbie Ray, uh, to say don't really know. I guess if you're a fan of one of the big teams currently going against you because the history of Cobb, Lynn, Machado, and Harper, those kind of tell me if you're going to wait out this long, that means other teams are in on it. Although Phillies and Snell, that would be an interesting one. He's got a little Philly piss and vinegar to him. They were supposedly in on Yamamoto. Kind of like that. That'd be be my dark horse there. My other dark horse is Factor Meals. I think it might be time to factor. Uh, Been ordering in way too much. I mean, winter in the city to Mm -hmm. go out, get groceries. Have to carry them, cook them. Uh, It's a whole deal. While Factor, they're ready to eat. This is the difference for them and some of the other competitors. If you're looking for something that shows up at your door, you're two minutes away. Throw it in the microwave. Two minutes later, you're eating. Uh, This is a true story. We had a bunch of Factor meals uh, delivered to the office, and we sent out a message in our Slack that was like, hey, Factor meals... In the fridge, if anyone wants them. And, you know, office fridge, sometimes that's a dangerous game. Like, you know, that could end up, meals could get lost in there for, for a month. Factor meals were gone in two days. The people went nuts. The people went nuts. So, if you're looking for a flexible, convenient way to tackle your eating schedule, go check out Factor. And with code wake code WAKE50... At factormeals.com slash wake50, use code wake50, and you get 50% off. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. That's code wake50 at factormeals.com slash wake50 to get 50% off. There's a link 
in the description. Let's see when baseball gives us some more news. Let me get into my notes app. Took down three three notes before giving up. I'm an awful note taker. I always have been, but I, I really wanted to try. Um, the three notes I had. Um, well, I'll just give you my full viewing experience. I was sick this weekend. Thank everyone for their well wishes. Uh, watch at home. Me, Jess, and Noodle. Um, Noodle not too engaged. Jess tried to be engaged. Did fall asleep at the end. Um, that's fine. <laughs> you know, no, I'm not shots fired or anything like that. It's just, just a that's fact. What happened. Um, I came in. Uh, I told you guys at the end of the Chris Rose episode. Uh, I was going Niners. Felt like their time. Felt like they were hungry. There's talent everywhere. Purdy, the game manager stuff, was getting ridiculous. Like, his stats were really good. Um, his biggest problem is he doesn't really look the part, um, which, hey, I don't, I don't, after, after seeing what we saw, um, I don't know. I just thought Shanahan is respected and regarded, Chris Rose said it, best coach in the game. Uh, talent all over the football field. Like, I, I thought one of the big things was if the defensive line of the 49ers kind of lives up to their pedigree and they can mess with Mahomes' day, I, that was kind of the one factor. Like, we saw that, you know, when Brady and Mahomes have lost Super Bowls, it's because there's a D-line in their face all day. Like, that's kind of the secret. Um, so, uh, was in on the Niners, a uh, lot of prop bets, one, one big boy Niner bet, ends up losing, a little spoiler there. Um... Let's see. Niners come out first drive. They're kind of humming. Hum baby. McCaffrey looks good. Purdy, Purdy to use check. Juice. Uh, and then McCaffrey fumbles. Pretty like, wow. I don't know. Kind of Super Bowl. Both teams out there are huffing and puffing. This is going to be super lame for a lot of people. And it's the week that Blitzball 4 comes out. Make sure you guys check it out. Warehouse Games. Sunday night. I think 8 p.m. Warehouse Games. Uh, if you haven't watched any of the Blitzball stuff, it's one of it's one of the better things we've assembled here. Uh, Chris Rose, who's introducing Patrick, Mah- interviewing Patrick Mahomes right after the Super Bowl, he's calling the games. Peter Moylan, one of the sillier creatures you'll ever meet, he's calling the game, uh, and it's just a really good product. So go check out Blitzball Battle Four this week. Where I was getting to that I was going to say was embarrassing. Is <laughs> I talked about this with the Williams sisters when they used to play each other. Talk about this with Super Bowls and a lot of big games in the warehouse when there's like a championship game or something. Usually the product is not as good at first because there is pressure and it's more intense. Uh, a little more pathetic in the warehouse comparing it to the Williams sisters playing for <laughs> for titles. Um, but that's what this game was at first. It was it was clunky. Uh, neither team was really clicking. Uh, the Niners' offense was clicking on that drive till the McCaffrey fumble that gets recovered. So first drive for Kansas City, and who's all over the field but Dre Greenlaw? We'll come back to him in a minute. Um, but they stop him three and out. Boom, bang biscuit. Uh, three and out penalty show on Trent Williams. 
the All Pro, um, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer. So that was that was kind of weird. Uh, and him, him and uh, Kittle, who are supposed to be All World blockers and highlights. A lot of times when the play got turned to them, it didn't look pretty. So hey, uh, you know, football heads who are who are deep in the weeds, let me know. But Kittle wasn't a big factor in this game, and Trent Williams, who's you know regarded as one of, if not the best to ever do it. Felt like he had some bad moments out there. Um, so in my notes, the things I did write down, uh, there was a throw uh, to Debo Samuel in the end zone. He was guarded by McDuffie, and it was some of the best coverage like you've seen. Uh, my buddy Big Evan, who if you're in the weeds of John Boy Media, uh, you're familiar with Big Evan. Uh, he was a, what was the name of the hockey team? The oh. Goo Goos? Uh, bandwagon Bandwagon Gagas. Gagas. Uh, he, he appeared in that. Um, JJR, Evan and Co., he, he's the symbol of that. Um, you know, the, the group chat was going pretty, pretty hard during the game. Uh, and my reaction was like, wow, I want to make sure I talk about that tomorrow. Like, Debo was so well covered. Um, that I was like, that's that's incredible. McDuffie's first team all pro, all over him. Um, Evan texted and he just said, everyone, everyone on that play was incredible. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the D line was incredible. The coverage was incredible. The throw was was pretty damn good. It was just like that was a really high level football play between two two good teams. Uh, that ended the Niners. I think that was a 10-play drive. Um, uh, so, it's 3 nothing. The Greenlaw injury was horrible. Uh, he's hyped. If you saw him on the first drive, he made... He made two out of three tackles on the first drive, and he was flying around the field like good Super Bowl energy. He comes out, he's just on the sideline, hyped up, ready to go after they punt. Just if you've watched sports, you've seen it before. Um, leg pops, out for the game. Uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Another thing that goes, I don't want to say unnoticed, but they talked about it on the broadcast like it was a lateral. Rashid Rice, uh, I think on the Chiefs' second Second or third drive, he catches a ball, and he fumbles it, but it's right to his teammate. Like, they literally, Romo on the call was like, was that a lateral? Is that Andy Reid? Uh, and they're like, oh, nope, fumble. Just landed right in his teammate's arm. I think it was 10, I think it was already 10 nothing at that point, or maybe it was still 3 nothing. but it was like, whoa, that was on the Chiefs' side of the field. Momentum was starting to turn. Like, we skipped over that play, but again, think about what we're talking about. Super Bowl moments here. Like, that instantly, instantly uh, could have been an all-time bad moment. Um, the other, so green line injury fumble. This game really takes off in the second half. Well, obviously, the Juwan Jennings pass to McCaffrey. Pretty cool. Uh, it's always fun when it comes out, and it's like, actually, he was the fifth-rated fifth QB. Coming out of college. Um, and he's just been third in Juwan for them. Um, but that was pretty sick. And like the announcers were saying, like, sometimes when a trick play like that takes too long, like the speed of a football 
speed on the football field kicks in and something goes haywire. It didn't. Uh, the Niners guard made like just enough of a block that the guy that was coming to blow up the play gets to McCaffrey. They score the touchdown. Chiefs march back, uh, and they get a field goal before the half, which was huge, um, obviously, to get the zero off the board, but they were getting the ball back. Uh, halftime show. Let's talk about it. Uh, Usher came out. Uh, love me some Usher. Probably dance to some Usher this week. I think we all will. Um, I thought it started a little slow, if I'm being honest. Super Bowl show, Usher. I don't know what I was expecting, but felt a little slow. When it kicked to Alicia Keys, I'm all in. Love Alicia Keys. Performers, not a lot of performers can sing toe-to-toe with her. Uh, and they don't. Uh, so Alicia Keys turned it up a notch. I was like, okay, okay, yeah. Um, halftime show keeps going. Okay, now some of the squad's showing up. Uh, is that Jermaine Dupree in that mini tuxedo? Yeah. Saw Jack Doyle post that on his Instagram story. Um, that's an all-time bad, good outfit. Um, we get some Luda. We get some Little John. ATL is there, repping at the Super Bowl. We love it. Usher coming out. Uh, so he takes his shirt off. Sure. I think we saw that coming. That was a prop bet. I think that's that's part of Usher's game. Her comes out. Um She's good. I, I think every... I, pff, sounds weird, but she, she's just not on some people's radar, but she pops up at a lot of things, and every time people are like, wait, who is that? I think having the name her hurts her a little bit. Just a little bit. I don't know. I'd have to get into some of the marketing groups. But, like, if her... I don't know. If she went by... What's a... I don't know. Jada Kiss... I think people would be more familiar with her. I don't know. I guess that's for another time. Um, her and Usher have a song. She puts the her and Usher. Um, the roller skating. That's hats off. That's hats off. If I tell you, if I was performing the halftime show, there's one thing I'm not doing. It's roller skating. Uh, it feels like the risk reward there isn't worth it. And Usher didn't flinch. Singing while roller roller skating at the Super Bowl. And that's when, like, the whole the whole team assembled. We got some, yeah, Little John, Luda. Everyone looks great. I, f- I felt rude. I expected Little John to look kind of beat up. I don't know. I don't know. It feels like one of those things you don't see a guy for 10 years, and you're like, I don't know. Uh, he looked great. Great shape. Um a lot of short guys on stage. Usher, Luda, Jermaine Dupree, Little John, all shorties. Uh, so I don't know. I thought it was a good halftime show. I feel like every halftime show people try to get, you know, oh, this was amazing or, oh, that's, that stunk. That's kind of where, where you want it to land. I think we've seen better. Uh, but I don't think that was bad at all. I thought it was pretty good. We've had some some big ones last couple years. Rihanna last year was was awesome. It was, was going to be a hard ask to follow that up. I guess that's... And, and it landed fine. That's my thing. I, you, normally, it's the halftime show. Does that performer kill it? And who is there? Who's the side per, 
person that shows up. Mm. Usher's show was kind of more about the side people, but I think that's okay. I think it led to a good show. So Usher himself wasn't blown away with. They come out of the half, and Chiefs get the ball. They kick the field goal. They're down seven, and it's kind of like, here we go. Like Mahomes time. Throws kind of a duck. People weren't sure if it was for Kelsey or MVS. It's intercepted, and I'll I'll be honest. Was I I was rooting for the Niners because I had bet them, um, but I don't know. I I was feeling pretty good. Like I was looking at the cash out options. Like I'm I'm good here. Um, definitely some play calling there that's going to get looked at. Uh, it felt like McCaffrey didn't get the ball. For a little bit on that drive that started at the Kansas City 44. Uh, they didn't give him a touch. So that's that's kind of a tough look when you when you have that guy that's, you know, even on bad plays, seems like he's a lock for a couple yards. But at that point, kind of felt like the Niners were in control. Um, and there's just, there wasn't a lot of fear factor, uh, if we're being honest. Chiefs got stuffed on a on a third and one deep in their territory, so they had to punt three and out. Niners go three and out again. A lot of negative plays kept killing drives for both sides. Um, and then what ends up changing the game, and this is the game-changing moment, uh, the punt, it goes off the rookie looter's foot. Uh, Ray Ray McLeod, people didn't know whether they'd be mad about him at the time. He actually, it's a great effort. Uh, some people are still getting on him for not falling on it, but he, I think he's trying to. That ball yeah. took off. And then if you've ever for a second like tried to, yeah, ba- footballs bounce weird. They're egg shaped. Off a guy's foot in the Super Bowl. Off like, a guy's foot, literally last se- like it was in real life, like a yard in front of him. Ray Ray, I, I thought he made a pretty decent effort at it. But he doesn't get there. Uh, fumble, recovered. Chiefs have it, 16-yard line, one play. Uh, and another pretty one by Andy Reid. And this this felt when, well, I guess we'll get to the coaches for a minute. We'll, we'll come down. Niners, this will get forgotten a little bit. They march down, 12-play, 75-yard drive. Um, Purdy to Juwan Jennings. He breaks that tackle to get in the end zone. That was pretty sick. Um the missed extra point blocked. That'll be a topic of discussion. Oh, and I missed it before. The Bucker field goal that goes in before the half. Um, 57 yards beats Jake Moody's Super Bowl record of longest field goal. Um, that was almost blocked, and the snap was almost juiced up, and he almost missed the kick because the snap was bad. Um, like, if that had gotten blocked or missed... It would have been 10 nothing, or or maybe even worse if something went horribly awry. Uh, so these small little moments that have to be so brutal for Niners fans. A um, couple three and outs. Um, where am I? Oh, so they go 12 plays for the touchdown. Then the Chiefs, they go 12 plays for the field goal to tie. Um, stopped them on third and goal at the three. Uh, Mahomes was sacked there. He was jumping around. It's always it's funny when Mahomes gets panicky because you don't see it a lot, but you saw you saw it a lot in this game, most more so in the first half, because he's just trying to do anything to make a play because it's the Super Bowl, um, and it gets <laughs> it gets pretty wild. It's interesting to watch. 
thought it was interesting. Um, Niners, uh, field goal. And this was the first big play. This was the first big play. This was the first game-changing moment. It was two-minute warning happens. And if you're a loose football fan, like I don't, I don't know what you consider me. I don't know what the football guys at our company consider me. Am I a loose football fan? Am I a sports fan? Am I a football fan? Where, I'm a football fan. I guess it's just where do they think my knowledge lands. If you're someone that generally watches football every Sunday, Steve Spagnolo is known for the blitz. It's like, it's known. I mean, any podcast I listen to about the Chiefs, any broadcast you watch, Romo was all over it. Remind me to talk some Romo at the end. Um, Spagnolo was going to blitz. <laughs> he, his whole history is Steve Spagnolo is going to blitz. So out of the two-minute timeout, the Niners get to drop a play. This is Kyle Shanahan. This is the best coach in football, some people think, right? Third and five. So you're wondering. You know, they've got some people at the line, and the Chiefs, this, this Chiefs defense that is incredible, obviously. What do they have? They have Chris Jones. They have two incredible corners. McDuffie, all pro, and Legereus Sneed, who's kind of all pro. Like, he's probably technically better than McDuffie, but I think McDuffie got the slot corner. Anyways, so Spagnolo with just, this is brilliant because he had me fooled. So I, I don't know if I should be mad at Shanahan, but McDuffie blitzes off the corner and he's untouched. Comes clear at Brock Purdy, his blind side. I think the Niners were like, hey, we're not sure how this blitz is going to come, but it's probably not McDuffie and Sneed, right? Because they're the guys that have been guarding everyone throughout this game. McDuffie comes off the corner, breaks it up. Now you're going to try a 53-yard field goal with Jake Moody, and you're giving the ball back to the bad man? Moody bangs a field goal. Good for him. Um, and then... And remember, it's only a three-point game because of the extra point that didn't happen. Mahomes drives the boys. They're not hesitant at all. Kelsey starts showing up in a big way. Uh, they get a shot at the end zone. Um, I did think it was... Everyone's talking about that. He went to Kelsey, who was guarded by Fred Warner. They'd scored on that play, I think, in the AFC Championship or one of his playoff runs. And it's Kelsey and Mahomes that it, it is what it is. Rasheed Rice was kind of open in the middle. And there was some hubbub on that on the sideline. Uh, I thought was a decent thought exercise, um, and it was got mixed action in my chat. Let's say they made the extra point. If they had made the extra point and they were up four, again, assuming things are similar enough because they drove down pretty good, Patrick Mahomes, because they took that one quick shot at the end zone, if they needed a touchdown, there were six seconds left on the clock, they'd probably take two more shots at it. Or let's even say if they needed the touchdown, they managed the clock slightly differently to have more time. I was trying to ask my Niners fans, in that moment, would you rather, and this might sound dumb to some people, would you rather have it be four points and, you, and Mahomes gets two more shots at the end zone? So basically the thought exercise is, hey, because 
because it was only three points, they only took one shot at the end zone. If they needed the touchdown, they could have taken like three. Mm. They could have done. They would have done stuff earlier in the drive to keep. So it, yeah, so with six seconds left, they kick the field goal to tie it because you have to. It's a Super Bowl. Like, imagine if they had the what was going through my head was Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Like, imagine if there's one deflected ball. Like, what if the ball just gets deflected high in the air and the clock runs out? Like, Mahomes holds it to three seconds. One big D, D lineman puts a paw up. The bear, ball shoots straight up and the time just runs out. Like, you can't do that. So, I don't know. I guess comment below. I, I had one Niners fan that was like, I'm good with the tie here. Like, let's figure it out with the overtime. Had another Niners fan that was like, that's so dumb. I, I would love to have that point on the board. So, a field goal is not an option. Um, they kick the field goal. We go to overtime. Everyone's discussing the new overtime rules, uh, which seems like they, get, they got it in the right place. Rule, like, is <laughs> correct. Seems like what we should be doing. Both teams get a proper shot at it. Um, they both used a lot of clock, so it got a little confusing at the end. Just, oh, what, what happens after this? But Another thing that some people may think this is super loser stuff. It's just people use stuff from their experience. In the warehouse, we play a lot of different games. Uh, ball and play. Nobody really knows if you should go first or second because it's you get to play the result really easily. In ball and play, if you put up a bunch of points and you hit first, that makes it really tough on your opponent because you know if you make any mistakes, you're screwed. And vice versa, if you hold your opponent really low instantly, you're like, well, this is awesome. Like, we just we just got to put up some runs here and we can run away with this game. Um, you know, a little teaser to slap ball. No, nobody really knew if you should start with the ball or not. So every... Should choose to kick or... Every receive. coin toss, everyone is just like, I don't know. Is there an advantage here? Either is there way. side you just prefer facing? For me... I didn't know how to describe it, and Romo got the words for me, which I know there's not a lot of Romo fans out there right now. Um, I was shocked they decided to receive the kick. Um, and I get it. There's something there that if you you drive down and you put a touchdown on the board, like that's, that's the alpha and the omega. Like you, you lay it out for the other team. You need to score a touchdown. You make one mistake, game's over, we win the Super Bowl. The other thing that was going through their head was if you match that the third possession is a game over possession. So basically why we've made these new overtime rules is to be fair, but that's still essentially the loophole. So if both teams went field goal, field goal, the Niners would get the ball back. If they score on that position, the Super Bowl's over. Chiefs don't get a match. Get first crack. And So I was like, okay, I kind of get that. Uh, playing for the third possession in overtime, that just doesn't sit well with my brain, but whatever. Um, for me, the decision seems simple. Uh, it's You got to kick off. Uh, because if, you make, if the offense makes one mistake, you're now lined up perfectly. And we almost saw it. The Niners' first pass, it went off of Debo's hands and almost got intercepted. So, like, if one thing goes wrong, if there's a turnover, you basically won the Super Bowl. If you get them to punt, 
Like, you can now get a field goal to win the Super Bowl. If you hold them to a field goal, well, now you know we either have to match a field goal or we can win with a touchdown. If they score a touchdown, you know it's laid out in front of you. So that's all the info in my head, and I was like, that seems pretty obvious to me. Where Romo laid it out, and everyone has now come to it, is that you basically get an extra down because you know what you need. So when the... When the Niners are driving on that first drive and they get third and four, uh, you know, they're basically they're in the red zone. They're attacking. It's the play where, again, Spagnolo brings heat. There's pressure in uh, Brock Purdy's face. He has to get the ball out. They had a couple guys that got open, but Purdy needed another half second. So it's fourth and four. You have to kick that field goal. It's a Super Bowl. You have to kick that field goal. So the Niners get the ball back. They know they need it or the Chiefs get the ball back, they know they need at least a field goal. So on their third and one, they go no huddle, they hand it off to Pacheco, he gets stuffed, stone cold at the line. It's fourth and one. That's when they drew up. So the, the Chiefs got the fourth down there. So on their fourth and one, it's that option play, Mahomes can run it or flip it to Kelsey. He runs for a chunk of yards. After that, they were pretty much clicking from there. Um, they drive it down, and a uh, little shout-out to Tim Hasselback, who was uh, with SVP after the game. Um, he said what, what Andy Reid found, uh, it was playing off of Bosa. Bosa was going for Pacheco every time, so they'd hand it off to Pacheco, and then it was either Mahomes, you've got 10 yards to run, or if Kelsey or someone's open over there, you can throw it out to them. Nicole Hardman was open. They win the Super Bowl. Nicole Hardman didn't know. Hmm. Found that out at the desk with Chris Rose, Patrick Mahomes, and Nicole Hardman. Um, Chiefs, poof. I don't know. This was supposed to be the bad Chiefs team. Uh, you know, I went through it a little more with you guys at the start of the playoffs. That it was like, okay, you know, a couple of their losses could turn to wins very easily. The Kadarius Tony play. Uh, there was another drop ball or two. Uh, ref show in Green Bay, I think that it's yeah. like okay, so that eleven and six could have been a thirteen and four pretty easily, but whatever, figured it out. The defense was really good. I I do need to credit that a little more than I have been. Um, the corners are incredible. Chris Jones every year he's he's at the desk with Mahomes. Uh, Spagnolo deserves a ton of credit, like to know that you're bringing heat and still trick a guy who's supposed to be the best offensive mind in the league. Like that's, that's credit where credit's due. Uh, Mahomes is obviously on God mode. Is he the best ever? Everyone's doing it. It kind of is. That's kind of the whole discussion on the path. Kelsey ended up being fine. Looked like this whole team was saving a little bit for the playoffs. Um, Pacheco, good. Interior offensive line, good. Rasheed Rice, solid. Um, and that was the whole conversation where we we're going to look at this team and say Mahomes had his best defense ever, still with Kelsey and maybe his best running back ever. Um, the other thing for me, and the Niners, and this is crazy. I mean, like I said, that, that rookie's foot, if it's a, a foot to the side. I mean, there's a lot of Niners plays here that I think we could be saying, wow, the Niners won the Super Bowl. They were the better team. Debo got hurt. His hamstring got beat up. 
Uh, he still made one or two plays, but there was also a couple times he was guarded that it didn't look like he was top speed. Uh, Kittle gets hurt towards the end. I don't know. If you're the Niners, I, I think the one... Obviously, the muff punt hurts. That kills. Uh, the one that would be getting me the most would be that third down where Spagnolo draws up the McDuffie blitz. Because um, you know a blitz is coming. You know, I admit it myself. I was surprised it was McDuffie. But you know a blitz is coming. That it just felt like you had to give yourself a better shot than that. Um, the other thing, and I know a lot of people are taking their jabs at Shanahan today. Um, they, they showed that one time Shanahan called timeout cause he didn't like the defense. They clearly switched to another defense and I don't know if Reed knew what was coming or not, but they got a big play off of that. Um, there was a couple times in this game where it's always tough to second guess, not giving McCaffrey the ball because he's so good uh, that when you don't on a drive or you get a negative play, you know, the 49ers, in theory, should never be in, like, a third and long. Uh, and it felt like they were a lot in this game. The overtime thing, people are going to question a lot. And, I don't know, I mean, he drew up a beautiful trick play. <laughs> like, a really good trick play. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It, it, there wasn't a lot of wide-open guys, or it felt like a, a lot of beautiful play designs. Kittle being missing for kind of this whole game before he gets hurt. I don't know what that's about. Is that a Kittle thing? Is that is that a coaching thing? Um, that one third down would hurt me a lot as a Niners fans. It's right after the two-minute warning. If you get that, you make the Chiefs use all their timeouts. Worst case, you're kicking a field goal, and Mahomes has no timeouts, and sure – they're probably still going to get a chance at a field goal, but it's probably going to be deep, and I don't know. You live with that. A little more rushed. That's the one that gets me, and that's where I think Shanahan, Shanahan's obviously a really good coach. Um, San Francisco's obviously a really good team, but I don't – Shanahan with the history now, obviously everyone's going to talk about it. Um, a lot of these games do come down to – one or two plays. Like, that's Rosillo, who's my guy. He goes on a speech every year how each – you'll hear each team in training camp being like, hey, we you know we lost six one-score games last year. And he's like, well, if you go around the league, a lot of, <laughs> a lot a lot of games, games are one-score games. That, you know, if you flip those six games, yeah, you're going to be great. When these great teams are linking up, it's going to be one or two plays. And I, I think – I think there was a few opportunities in last night's game for Shanahan to draw up the play, and it didn't feel like that happened, at least in the second half. Um, that, that that would be hurting me a lot today. And uh, for the Chiefs, I don't know, man. I, I know uh, they're already talking about three. Um, do I think the world could all be fake or is a little bit of a simulation? Absolutely. Like, could we all just be puppets for Timu? Mm. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. The Taylor Swift stuff, like, get me wrong. Mahomes is that guy, and it also counteracts my argument of we always do in sports, like, you might never see this again. And my argument is we always have. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's MJ kind of to LeBron. Team. Brady was never going to happen again. Like Montana, it was never going to. In sports, it's always going to happen again. I think that's what I've learned. Um, outside of like steroids in like baseball. Other, like maybe like, like NBA dynasties and stuff. Like they're literally changing rules. Some team will find out a way to make another one someday. Right, like there there will be a next one. Um, Might be done differently, but. I don't know. Uh, the Chiefs seem simple to me. Bring back Jones. Sneed is unfortunately probably a Las Vegas Raider next year. Go find yourself another corner. I know that's tough. Uh, but my God, I mean, with what Mahomes was working with on offense, and that's, yes, I deserve to be giving the defense more credit, and I feel like I have, but if Mahomes has a little more offense, that neutralizes whatever loss the defense could have. Like, he's that guy. He just showed it again. Yeah. He just showed it again. If they just nail whichever receiver they pick in the first round this year, which everyone assumes they will. I mean, even show me what what veteran free agents are out there. Because Kelsey, 9 for 93. McCole Hardman, Justin Watson, Rasheed Rice... Pacheco, Gray, Valdez, Scantling, McKinnon, Richie James with one target, no catch. Um, so yeah, they'll uh, they'll be back next year, and I uh, I had to eat it because so, the analysis is all week. Niners are the better team; they're hungry. They got if you think Purdy's good enough, they should win. The Chiefs' argument: Patrick Mahomes. That's what won it. So. Hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl. We will be back Wednesday. I think our guy Jolly Olive will be back. Tier list. Click. Comment which, which group you want. Ooh. Below. Bye.